the difference between those two relationships, this person who's taking the pills, masking the illness, is not happy to see you. They're miserable, suffering, and they're taking this thing because they have to. Without it, they're in pain for whatever they're dealing with. And their intention is, how do I stop doing this? I don't want to be in this relationship. Versus the person who's like, you are helping me add 10 extra healthy years to my life. You're helping me take the energy that I have now and maintain that into my old age, playing with my grandchildren instead of sitting in a couch watching them. The spirit and culture of that is very different than illness. Both sides, you have a customer that needs to keep buying something from you that has that relationship and you're the purveyor of that. The difference here is you're giving them what they want instead of what they need. What they want is health. This person needs a band-aid. Hey everybody, my name is Josh Remini. I am the pharmacist that de-prescribes drugs by giving people health and wellness tips, tricks, hacks to moving their health from maybe not so good to vibrant. Follow along if you're ready to go beyond the pills. Hello, everybody. I'm super excited today because I get to introduce a good friend and also an awesome colleague at the cutting edge of medicine and the cutting edge of what we can do in pharmacy practice. Kashif Khan is the CEO and founder of the DNA Company. And today we're going to have a chat about functional genomics. How's it going today, Kashif? Awesome. Pleasure to be here. So this is a pharmacist wellness summit, and the theme is beyond the pills. So right. we're trying to teach pharmacists that there's more than just medications to go beyond not just the business model, but also the patient care model at the same time. So this is going to be an awesome, exciting conversation because you and I have had some conversations in the past about functional genomics and what we do. And I've used this sure. test before. So tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in this. Sure. So I myself needed to get beyond the pill right at some point. Well, I'm now 42 years old, but when I was in my late 30s, like 36, 37 ish, mid to late, I got sick with a whole bunch of stuff right? and I had never had any conditions. I used to get your common cold and that, but I was never frequenting the doctor. So all of a sudden eczema, psoriasis. I had crazy intense migraines that were completely debilitating that used to send me home. I couldn't work. I couldn't function. I had digestive issues. And to top it all off, there was depression. I just didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't understand that these things were all interrelated and one and the same. Even when I say that, the pharmacists listening are like, no, there's a pill for this. There's a cream for this. They're all different, right? That's if you're treating them as per what you can see at surface level, which is the symptom. The yeah. thing that we can put a label to. And this is why I literally walked away from my business where we used to help startup companies grow through PR and marketing. And I literally handed the keys to my business partner and said, thank you for the beautiful time we spent together. You keep this. I found what I need to work on because the way I healed myself and was able to answer that big question of why. That was the most frustrating and challenging part. When I would go to any clinician, nobody would tell me why these things were happening. It was what? This is what it's called. And here's the pill you take. And don't ask more questions because we're not trained to tell you the answer to those questions, right? Which yeah. is fair enough. It's not part of the training. So anyways, I learned through my genome that there were certain genes that I was literally missing. Forget about what variation or SNP are the things you typically hear. If your genes are your human instruction manual, I had pages literally torn out, completely missing. And those pages instructed key detox function. 
So glutathione, glutathionization, which some pharmacies are familiar with even selling glutathione supplements, liposomal glutathione, things like that. There's genes that instruct glutathione. I don't have them. So in our building, my business partner, who used to drive me home, he had an extra copy of the same gene that I'm missing. It's possible to have zero or literally extra copies. Downstairs in the basement of our building, there was a manufacturing company that was putting toxic pollutants into the air. For me, months and then eventually years of exposure to that led to an extreme inflammatory state because I was missing the genes that cleared those chemicals. Just like when you drink alcohol, your liver metabolizes them, you get rid of them. You do that with heavy metals, with every other toxin. I didn't do that. And so I ended up in this position where my body was giving up an autoimmune condition like psoriasis, eczema, inflammatory condition, migraines because I was getting neural inflammation. It was all the same central hub creating all these spokes of problems. So once I learned what it was, dealt with it, they all went away. I haven't been sick in years, right? I haven't been sick in what, five, six years now, nothing at all, because I've learned how to support the system as opposed to masking the symptom. Now I'm not sick. So this is what we believe medicine is going to look like in the future. Yeah, it's a huge point. You know, some of the folks on here are functional medicine trained pharmacists. Right. We're building that little army right now. And, and that whole why that you said is like the super important piece. I get tingles because <laughs> our allopathic medicine, the traditional medicine does what you said. It's the pill for the ill, right? It's yep. you have this, take this, mask the symptom, you're fine. That's not disease management. That's not getting to that root, root cause. And I love how we've gotten to this point where functional medicine is really getting to the scientific space of it. And now functional genomics is really taking it a step further. Right. So let's talk a little bit about functional genomics and what it is, because I think pharmacists are really in tune with what we call PGX, which is pharmacogenomics. And this is completely more comprehensive. Yeah, you know? entirely different. So in fact, there's belief amongst the genetic community that genetics does not inform anything valuable when it comes to chronic disease and aging. That's truly what some geneticists believe. They're like, unless it's a genetic condition, unless there's a SNP or variant, some spelling mistake in your genome, there's nothing to do because genes don't cause type 2 diabetes, which is true. But genes drive your insulin response. They drive your starch metabolization. They drive your mood and behavior and your habits. And if you start to think of things functionally, meaning let's apply what we understand about biochemistry and what causes the disease versus the genes that instruct each one of those steps, we start to understand why some people get sick and some others don't. So pharmaco useful tool in the pill for ill model like you're talking about, at least we're getting a little personalized about dosage and which one and getting the trial and error out of things, especially when it comes to mental health drugs. Here's the one that you actually need that will work. Yeah. That's very useful in the current modality. What we're saying is while that's going on and things are getting better, there's a lot more that we need to know. And the more to know is how do we get the person off the pill? How do we actually give them health? And the challenge is that the research dollars are all spent on studying sickness, right? So the solutions that come out of that are only to mask the sickness. So in our research and what we did, by the way, we launched the largest study of its kind in the world. We studied 7,000 people over three years, one by one by one, all N of one, meaning that we individually looked at their genomic profile and solved their problem the way they needed it, as opposed to trying to find those averages. And how do we do that? You look at genetics and you get your typical probability based, you have an 80% chance of Alzheimer's. 
That answer is basically just giving you an anxiety condition for the next 30 years, waiting to see. There's no what or why. Like, why are you telling me Alzheimer's? Because there's a gene that 80% of people with Alzheimer's have, but you still haven't told me what it does or what to do about it. Versus if I'm telling you you have an 80% chance of Alzheimer's, am I not also saying you have a 20% chance of not getting Alzheimer's? So what were those people doing differently? What were their environment, nutrition, and lifestyle habits? That's functional genomics. First, identifying the, call it weak genes or suboptimal profile. Here's where you're not doing well genetically. What does that point to? And then what are the environment, nutrition, lifestyle choices that take you from risk to sick? Because if you have this Alzheimer's risk, you weren't born with Alzheimer's. You didn't have it at 20. You didn't have it at 25. You didn't have it at 30. It typically happens later in life. Most chronic conditions happen post 50. The average American has two by the age of 60. That's because it takes that many years of the misaligned choices to cause that level of inflammatory insult for the disease to trigger. So if we now know, here's a suboptimal profile, here's the environment, nutrition, lifestyle choice that will trigger it, then we can all of a sudden focus on this. How do we teach you what the healthy did, what the 20% did to not get the disease? If you already have it, how do you implement some of this 20% thinking to reverse it? which we've done in many patients. That's functional genomics in a nutshell. It's taking the habits of the 20% and teaching it to the 80. Yeah, and what we're really talking about is epigenetics, right? The whole paradigm shift in genetics, you know, as functional medicine started coming in and now we're getting into functional genomics, which I think is like the next level of functional medicine is getting right down to the genetics is, this is what we teach people is, you said it, it's like you might have the gene for cancer, but yeah. not everybody gets cancer and it's because of lifestyle choices, right? It's all the things that are going on in our environment, which is epigenetics, which is turning the genes on or off, which I call a dimmer switch. It's not an exactly. on or off switch. So yeah. putting in more good signals and taking out the bad ones based on you and your genetics is like the ultimate of personalization with optimization. So tell us right. a little bit about the test it sounds all great, right? And it sounds super complicated, but the thing is you've done all those trillions of data points to yeah. narrow this thing down into a test that can be managed by a provider without even having to learn about the SNPs. Yeah, and you mentioned cancer. So I'm gonna use that as an example. It's a perfect example to paint the picture, but to answer your question first, one other challenge that we found, and I went through this challenge myself is Genetics doesn't get adopted or applied because it's too hard to use. It's an entirely different language. Mm -hmm. and there's no training in your pharmacy, medical, naturopath, whoever you are, you don't get trained on it. And the information that you get from a report is data. It's not insights, right? It still requires interpretation. And we realized that was the gap. The gap was our scientists know how to give you functional interpretation the way I'm describing but other people don't, and it's not part of any curriculum anywhere. You can't go take a course. I mean, we have courses in that, but the whole point is, how do we make this easy? And the yeah. easy is the report you get shouldn't be a list of genes for you then to go interpret. It should be insights. It should say anxiety, low, medium, high risk. By the way, here's the science of why, in case you want to know. But here's where you need to focus on the person. And here's what we recommend, because... If we look at the condition from a unique perspective, we also look at the solution from a unique perspective because we're not trying to do the masking of the symptom. We're trying to do the supporting of the system, right? So all of that needs to be bundled up in a way for both the consumer 
and the practitioner or coach or whoever is working on the patient in two very different ways. And we actually did that also, where what the consumer sees and what the clinician sees are two different things. The consumer gets a whole bunch of information on all these conditions with recommendations, and it's a ton of content that makes them feel like, wow, this is incredible, right? The clinician gets a summary. They get, here's the red flags. Here's where we need to focus. We understand the importance of that because if you are getting paid for 15 minutes of talking to someone, you don't want to spend an hour before that trying to figure out what to tell them, right? You should be able to walk into that 15 minutes with a document in hand that if you have the knowledge you already have, be able to read it and give them impact. And that's how we built the reports so that they're spoken in clinical language with recommendations built right in per the red flags so that you're not needing to interpret anything. The insight is already there. So now going back to what you said about cancer, because I think that's a perfect example that the pharma community will already be familiar with, which is the BRCA gene. You've all heard of it, right? You ask a woman, do you want the BRCA gene? She'll say no. But if you ask her, what does it do? She'll say, I have no clue. I would argue that most practitioners that talk about BRCA and let's scan for it also don't know. They know there's a marker there that's dangerous, but what's actually going on at the biochemical level, they don't really know. So now the answer to that is BRCA is a tumor suppressing gene. So when it comes to your ability to fight off that cancer, some people don't do such a good job, right? Yeah. So this gene is supposed to go to work repairing things like tumors, repairing things like damaged DNA, repairing cells. It's a repair tool. If you have an not so good version, you don't do a good job of repair. But in that answer, we still don't know why the cancer happened. All we know is that if I get it, I can fix it. So why the cancer happened, let's look at breast cancer, which is what BRCA is typically used for. In the most part, women get breast cancer in and around the menopause age. Yeah. So why then? If you look at the profile genetically, and it's not a gene, it's a profile. Remember, you have 22,000 genes in your body. There's not 22,000 independent functions. Yeah. There's systems, there's hormones, there's neurochemicals, there's cardiovascular. We already know what the body's doing. We need to understand what genes instruct each step. Now, when it comes to that type of thinking, you think, okay, when it comes to breast cancer in these menopause women, they no longer have a menstrual cycle. So they're not clearing something. What's going on there? Some women are estrogen dominant, meaning they just have a lot more estrogen than others. Some women in their estrogen dominance also are estrogen toxic. That estrogen metabolite in the end of the cycle isn't just estrogen. It's converted into either two, four, or 16 hydroxyestrogen. Two is great. That's what you want. Four and 16 are highly toxic. So if you do produce a toxic version, then all of a sudden that inflammatory insult that you're producing every month, you're meant to be clearing through your menstrual cycle. But if you don't have it anymore because you're menopausal, your body's like, what do I do with this toxic load? What do I do with this toxic estrogen? It starts to store it in fat. Yeah. Because it's trying to protect your organs. Where do women have fat? In their hips and in their breasts. Now, all of a sudden, if you have this heavy load of toxicity being dumped in this fat, causing inflammation to that gland and all that cellular structure that was never designed to deal with toxicity, the lungs, the gut, yes, their filters are meant to be like first line of defense. The breast tissue is not. Then you have that inflammatory load that can damage cellular tissue, which of course could lead to something like cancer. But even then, just because you have this profile doesn't mean you're sick. Then you need to look at the environment, nutrition, and lifestyle load. 85% of North American women will be on a birth control pill for 5, 10, 15 years, adding more estrogen to that estrogen load. How many more women will be on BHRT, hormone replacement therapy, 
for years on end, adding more estrogen to that estrogen load. So when you look at this type of stuff, you understand that you're at risk with the genes you're born with. Then all of a sudden you're doing the wrong stuff. Something as simple as a Teflon coated frying pan, hormone disruptor, endocrine disruptor, Mm -hmm. right? The chemicals in that are causing your body to believe there's more estrogen, converting it all into the estrogen metabolite because the gene instruction you have is to take estrogen, turn it into this. More estrogen means more of this, right? That's the person for whom there's a huge breast cancer risk. Because not only do they have the wrong profile, but they also have the wrong choices, creating a load on that profile. That, in a nutshell, is a portrait of functional genomics. You can do this with any condition, any chronic disease, autism, fibromyalgia, migraines like myself, and start to unpack why somebody is sick, the why, the most important piece, and then deal with the why. The why for this person isn't you have bad BRCA. BRCA is supposed to go to work after all this, right? After you get cancer. It's too late. Let's look at the why and deal with that. Estrogen toxicity. Okay, let's take a supplement to block that. Let's give you something to increase detox, glutathionization, your COMPT activity, your anti-inflammatory methylation activity. If you start to do these things properly, you're never going to get the cancer versus you have BRCA, go cut a piece of yourself off. That's what we say right now. (laughs) So yeah, that's functional genomics in a nutshell. It's beautiful because the way I interpret all that is it's like the whole thing is like the xenoestrogens. We know plastic's bad. We shouldn't cook with nonstick stuff. We know that, right? But then we no. don't know how it affects me. It's like, yes, I exactly. can teach people to be clean, eat clean, do all these things right. But what if we knew the roadmap to you, to the person, we all have good and bad, right? There is no perfect gene. It's just who we are. Yes. So it's knowing yeah. what you have. And then I love how these reports they deal with lifestyle. And then what you were alluding to is the targeted supplementation, because a lot of what I think pharmacists should be geared for is clinical nutrition, those supplements, those micronutrients, phytonutrients, the things we get in front of our pharmacy that we're trying to build more of that. We can now use this tool that says, here's targeted lifestyle for you. And here's targeted nutrition for you. And so tell me a little bit about the success you've had with your practitioners. Cause the other piece is, is it's like what you said with your practitioners at the DNA company, how they explain genomics versus getting at that high level, all that data that means nothing to us is pharmacists are really good at taking pharmacy data, like things we learn in school. And like what I say, getting it down to that fifth grade level to our patient so they can understand it. Right. We're good at yeah. that. And that's why I love this company is because I've had my own test done And I've found remarkable things in there. And then Krista or whoever showed me through it was like, brings it down to that level that we can really understand it and then have it useful. And that's the important piece is you hit the nail on the head. It's like, you don't have this gene and you do that and this gene and you do that. It all goes into this holistic genomic profile that this person has. And with all your data points, talk about where all that's come from How do we get actionables with our people? Yeah, so I think the first thing you said about supplements, this leaves a pharmacist thinking like, well, am I going to be out of business because I'm not selling pills anymore, right? So keep in mind, whether you're dealing with treatment, like somebody waited to get sick and then you're masking it, or you're dealing with prevention, both people need something. Yeah. Right? The difference between those two relationships, this person who's taking the pills, masking the illness, 
is not happy to see you. They're miserable, suffering, and they're taking this thing because they have to. Without it, they're in pain for whatever they're dealing with. And their intention is, how do I stop doing this? I don't want to be in this relationship. Versus the person who's like, you are helping me add 10 extra healthy years to my life. You're helping me take the energy that I have now and maintain that into my old age, playing with my grandchildren instead of sitting in a couch watching them. The spirit and culture of that is very different than illness. Both sides, you have a customer that needs to keep buying something from you that has that relationship and you're the purveyor of that. The difference here is you're giving them what they want instead of what they need. What they want is health. This person needs a Band-Aid, right? So on both ends, the business doesn't change. The relationship changes. It becomes, it's actually longer. Prevention starts from the day you decide to start. Illness starts on the day you're sick, right? That's so, an awesome point. Yeah. yeah Looking so, at it from that perspective, I always say it's sick care, not well yeah. care. And then yeah. the point of this whole summit is to teach, like I love saying I de-prescribe drugs to my patients. The whole concept of a pharmacist trying to de-escalate the medication, but adding these things into it, it seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? Like hey, let's put ourselves out of the business of selling drugs, but that's not the point. The point is we're lowering this down while we're adding this stuff in, which is why I feel health coaching and getting the science of supplements in our arsenal as pharmacists is crucial to the next phase. Because you're right, the newest generation is in prevention mode. They're willing to spend money on this type of activity so they don't have to go and be in that space of healthcare where it's all reactive and it's all in that sick component of masking symptoms. They don't want to get there. That's what I love about this new generation of people coming through is they're willing to spend the money for prevention and proactive care. I love that piece because you're using this test on professional athletes and all these things that are really designed around an optimization process rather than let's be less sick process. Yeah. So there's a lot of things driving that. There's the culture of the new generation, but there's also access to information, which last generation didn't have. You Google anything and Dr. Google will tell you. And it's good information. There's so many wellness, functional medicine type influencers out there writing books, writing blogs, YouTube videos, where what they're saying works. How many young people are not even bothering asking the doctor? They'll go to Google first, always. And Google is actually you're more likely to find this type of information than you are to find, take this pill, because that only comes from a doctor, right? Nobody online is going to say, take this pill, because there's a big liability to that. So that's one. It's the culture. It's the access to information. It's also the shift from, if you went to a doctor 20 years ago, it was a very different experience than today. There was still an element of, I'm your doctor, you're my patient, I'm going to heal you. I do more than what I'm pigeonholed and allowed to do. That pigeonhole has become smaller and smaller and smaller. That's the challenge. The liability issues, what they're allowed to say, what they're allowed to prescribe. There's a doctor in California that I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he lost his license because he told someone not to not give their children vaccines or the early development vaccine, not talking about the COVID vaccine, but the general youth vaccines, but just to spread them out. Yeah, which I did with my children. Yeah, just to reduce the load. And we can speak to what's going on there, even genetically, and why some kids need that. Just to spread them out. And he was reprimanded. 
So that pigeonhole has become tighter. So you're not getting the information you want. The doctors are not allowed to say that kind of stuff. So anyways, that's driving that. But going back to another thing you said around health coaching, that's another area. So what is a pharmacy? You have to stop thinking about a pharmacy is a place where we dispense pills. So a pharmacy is not a place where you dispense pills. That's what you believe it is, right? right? But what is it actually? It's a place where people are coming to get the solution to their healthcare problem. So if you start to shift what you believe it is, then you can realize there's a lot more you can offer. Meaning that I don't have to only stick to a pill. I can also offer health coaching. I can say with your condition, when it comes to diabetes, yes, you can keep coming to me for insulin, or we can work on your diet habits, your behavior habits. Let's look at your genetics and understand your insulin response. If we work on that, then we can actually reverse the condition. And even the CDC, by the way, this is not new information. The Center for Disease Control has programs that you can download and learn for diabetes reversal. It's too obvious now. They can't deny it anymore. Yeah. Right. So there's programs and products that you can actually get paid for and reimbursed for that are around diabetes reversal. It's about take the blinders off and understanding that you are the place where people come for wellness. That's ultimately what they want. They want health. So you're trained in certain products and services, but there's so much more you could be doing and there's nobody preventing you from doing it. And this is what your customers actually want and what they're finding when they go online. So if you're the person to own it, you're going to be leading that coming wave of medicine, right? Yeah, that's two huge components to that. One is, yes, our wheelhouse as pharmacists is such a nice gray area because we can talk to our patients about lifestyle. We do. Even the package inserts for the drugs like metformin for diabetes, it says in conjunction with diet and lifestyle choices, this drug will work, but we don't hit that too hard. We go right to the drug. And so the pharmacist of the future is a health coach. And so that's why this summit, we're introducing ways in which we can put more tools in our toolbox so we can learn clinical nutrition. We can learn the science of supplementation. We can use the tools of genomics for lifestyle choices and supplementation rather than just pharmacy and how do we become health coaches and nutritionist people to sharpen those tools as we're continuing this evolution? That's the point of this whole summit, which is great. My charge in this is we've got to move on. You said the blinders are, we only know what we know in school, right? And so a functional medicine doctor doesn't learn functional medicine in school. They're coming out now, but they learn traditional medicine, and then they went out and further seeked information. We mentioned cardiometabolic health. It's the lowest hanging fruit in our country to work on. And in pharmacy speak, we always call it diabetes management programs. And what I believe, what you believe is we now can reverse these things, type two, where we can actually do these as our metabolic reset program. Like the things we do is not designed to manage it. It's actually to kick it to the curb and say, based on this, this, and this with lifestyle choices and all the things that I do based on me, look what I can do. And I love how you touched in like insulin. You just don't give insulin. How does that person react to that insulin or that vitamin D or whatever we're giving, getting it down to that cellular level on a simple, easy to interpret space? which is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about what we're offering our participants in this summit as far as you guys are concerned, because you guys are giving some really good 
awesome discounted stuff for like I always say do me first right I don't do any test or any program until I've vetted it myself and with my family so you guys are giving an awesome offer here let's talk a little bit about next steps and what people can do yeah so to truly understand the scope of what's possible like you said you go through it and first of all you change your own life which I can almost put a guarantee to it that when you go through this process you're going to understand your health from a completely different lens and completely change what you think is your potential because we're truly going to dive into your human biochemistry and find every single red flag and hole and gap and teach you how to plug it. And those are the holes and gaps that eventually lead to inflammatory loads that lead to disease. So we can predict what's coming. We can tell you why it's coming. We can tell you what to do about it. So we have a program that was designed around like you said, athletes, NHL, NFL players that we've dealt with, also celebrities. We've been on literally Marvel movie sets with the actors, working with them to maintain their health during the shooting of the film through this program. And there's a couple of things here. First of all, experiencing it at this level, a complete genetic renovation. We spend three or four months with you at a clinical level, diving into your genome, figuring out everything that's going on, things you were worried about, things you didn't even know about. And we teach you how to deal with all that, right? Environment, nutrition, lifestyle, deep audits, and then the behavior change coaching. So even going through this, you would then understand what does the pharmacy of the future look like? What does health coaching look like? What does behavior change look like? How important is the how part? I've told you what to do, but how do I do it? Yeah. Here's why you can't sleep at night. Yeah, you told me turn the lights off at this time, but I might not actually do it. So there's six areas that get covered. Sleep is one of them. One I just mentioned, it's I can't fall asleep. I can't stay asleep. I sleep through the night and I just don't feel rested. Genetically, those are three different things. Then there's diet nutrition. So should you be on a keto diet? Should you be a vegan? The the enzymes and everything that's required to do that for you, break those things down and turn them into fuel, it's different for different people. There's some people where we found the root cause of their health concerns is when they became a vegan. For some people, it's the ultimate and best thing for them to do. Very different depending on your genome. Hormones, fitness, and body type. So how your body develops, how do I burn fat? Why can't I get past this plateau? Why don't I have the muscles like that person does? It's all driven by DNA. So if you understand why it happens, you can again do a better job of reaching your goal. Then there's also hair and skin, female hormone issues, everything driven by hormones, libido, prostate, all that stuff. Then there's cardiovascular, which is the biggest, of course, cholesterolemia, diabetes, hypertension, blood pressure, all of this stuff we've unpacked at the genetic level. Why does it happen? So it becomes very easy. This is the lowest hanging fruit in terms of prevention. It's the most prolific and biggest killer, literally the number one killer. It's also the easiest thing to prevent, which is the irony here. But we teach you how to prevent at a personalized level because the reason is not the same for everybody. It's different for different people. Then we look at innate cellular health. So what's going on literally at the mitochondria, at the cell level, your ability to detoxify, to deal with oxidation. There's some people where we tell them running on a treadmill will be the root cause of your cardiovascular disease because you don't deal with oxidation well. And what happens when you're taking in more oxygen, you're creating more oxidants. That's what your cells do. They use oxygen to create energy and they produce oxidants. And some people don't have the chimney to take that smoke away. Genetically, you just don't clear it well. And then it ages you faster. Your hair gets white faster. Your skin ages faster if you have the wrong habits of misaligned to your DNA. The last one, which is actually the biggest one, is mood and behavior. Mm-hmm. So if we have your genes, I don't ever need to talk to you to understand exactly your personality, how you think, how you behave. Do you procrastinate? Are you irritable? 
Are you more entrepreneurial and reward-seeking? Are you easily depressed and do you suffer from PTSD? We know all this about you because the neurochemicals of your brain determine how you behave. Your genes determine your relationship with your neurochemicals. What do you produce? How do you bind it? How quickly do you clear it? All speaks to different personality and mood and behavior traits. Now, if you know this about your patient, how much easier is it to make them comply, to help them understand the information, to come at them at a personalized level where three or four of my patients just don't listen out of 10 because you're not speaking in the way they need to be spoken to. So imagine when your outcomes go through the roof and that word of mouth and buzz starts spreading that everybody that goes to this place gets healed. That's where you get the best business is when people start buzzing that everyone that went here felt better because you're not giving them a one size fits all answer. You're giving them what they actually need, which is not the same as the person standing right next to them, even when it comes to mood and behavior, right? And I'm going to give you an example of that just to paint a picture, but all of this gets wrapped up into what we call the genomic mastery program. And it's tied to our courses. So the genomic mastery program, when people go to our website and buy it, it's $5,000. So it's like a four month deep dive, complete yeah. genetic renovation. Our genomic functional course, our functional genomic certification course, which actually certifies you to be able to practice is a $3,000 course. And then we have a genetics deep dive, which is more on the science. And that's a $2,000 course. So we have $10,000, right? What we said is let's wrap all of this up into the genomic mastery program and just sell it at a cost basis just to get people through the door in this pharmacy community, which we're working on helping everybody learn about personalized medicine and just put it out at $3,000, literally, which we don't do other than we once did with, you're familiar with Sachin and his group, because again, yeah. there's functional medicine doctors I want to learn. So we're wrapping up these three things into one bundle. Again, $5,000 product, $3,000 course, $2,000 course, packing it all together for $3,000 to just set a cost basis to get it out there to make sure it's exactly for the purpose you said. Once you go through it and you understand it, we believe we've now built a relationship with you and you're going to be working with us long term. So that's our investment in you is that we're going to do this at that price, that sort of cost basis so that we've developed the relationship with you with your eyes wide open to like, wow, this is so impactful. Every patient needs this. And then we believe we'll have a long-term relationship with you on the testing. So that's that. For anyone that just wants to get a test and just go through the test and look at the reports and that's what you get. We, we're also going to put a promo on that. So both of those things, it's just going to the website, thednacompany.com forward slash BTP, beyond the pill, right? So the dnacompany.com forward slash BTP. When you get to checkout, either with the genomic mastery program, which you'll see, or the test itself, which is called the 360, you'll see the discount built in at checkout. And we'll leave that live for a couple of weeks after the launch of this, and then we'll put it back to normal. That's amazing. Yeah, Sachin's going to be in the summit. We've done oh, an cool. interview with him. So I could not leave out my best and greatest mentor and not yeah. have talk about it in this summit. So yeah, I took that deal. Like I had already done my report and I had already gotten my report. And when you offered that in that very small space, like you're right, you don't do that. I was like, clicked it for me and my wife just yeah. because of the coaching piece. Right. Like beyond, even if you don't want to learn the stuff, it's like just that piece is well worth it. And if somebody just wants to do the test, Remember, they can also go to the website and download a copy of the sample report to see what it looks like. Right. I think for the cost of the test, 
on our patient level, one of those six reports is worth the money. 100%. Yeah, the other genetic testing companies that do functional interpretation typically charge by report, right? Here's your heart report. Here's your yeah. diet report. So we believe that let's just give everybody everything and they'll just stick with us longer. So that's the way we do it. And in terms of what you said about the upfront coaching, it's how do you put a price on like adding 10 years to your life? Literally. I'm going to tell you something. There was a study by Harvard that said that there's five habits you can adopt that for the average American, for a man, will add 12 years to your life and for a woman, 14. This was after studying 70,000 people through CDC data that they had access to. And they looked at their habits and they said these people tended to live either 12 or 14 years longer. It was don't smoke. It was maximum one drink a day. It was eat healthy. Didn't even say what that meant. Maintain a healthy weight and exercise three hours a week. So what does that tell you? It tells you two things. First of all, we are so unhealthy and so disconnected. The basics, yeah. Yeah, that these things, these things are going to give you 14 years. So what is it going to give you if you dive into your genome and audit the entire biochemistry of your body and select the exact habits you need that are aligned to your system? If this can give you 14 years. What is this going to give you? Literally looking at the function of each cell and understanding exactly what you metabolize, exactly what environmental, you know, exercise habits, what do you actually need to thrive? If you do everything properly, you're born with your sort of God-given health. You were born healthy. That is exactly how you should feel until the day you die. Unless you have some rare genetic condition, which is there's a switch that's turned off, right? It's not a dimmer. It's a switch now. If you have that, you have it. And there's a therapeutic, but all this chronic disease and aging and everything that happens in the later stage of your life does not need to happen if you make the right choices. They happen because you made the wrong choices, not your fault because nobody taught you how to make the right choices. We don't know what they are. Your genome will tell you. Then whatever that health, that vitality, the energy that you had in your youth should extend into your old age. And this is why you see 90-year-old people that are riding their bikes. They just happen to do things right. That's what everybody should have. Yeah. I always put the word vibrant health in front of the word yeah. health. It's like everyone has the right to be vibrantly healthy. And now it's like we've studied the blue zones, right? Everybody yeah. that lives till they're 100. And what did they do? There's commonalities, but they're different within the different places. And imagine if all of those places had their genomes tested and then they did the blue zone yeah. thing. It's like the data, the technology, the usefulness of it and the ease of use is amazing. So I'm excited. I don't know about all these listeners, but I'm super excited because my goal is to incorporate this into the pharmacies right. so we can really, really start working on that and getting that personalization and optimization into our practices because then we become their authority. Like you said, we don't need to be treaters of medicine. We need to become healers. Right. And that word healer is very different than being the diagnosis and treatment and empowering our patients. It's on them. It's their work. We're just mm -hmm. the guide in their journey. We're so used to being, this is what you need to do. And this is what you need to do. Like becoming their hero. But in this case, we're reversing it now and saying, here's what we need to do. We're going to guide you through it. But it's the work, like you said, the lifestyle, the choices we make that make all the difference in the world rather than blaming our genes for our health. It's like the total opposite and reverse. So I'm excited. I think this is going to be awesome. Anything else you got for me today? <laughs>
<laughs> well, we could go on for another hour if you'd like. We but... could. It's, it's totally <laughs> awesome. I've enjoyed just being part of the process with this company and doing my own journey with you guys and really getting to know some of the providers. That sleep one for me, that was huge. I knew of my genes. Like I've done all the different nutrigenomic things. The one thing I always have problem with is I think we're going to have a lot of questions. So we might as well solve it here is the data you use, how protected is it? Because when I approach patients, the first question they ask me is, I don't trust when I send my genes out there. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's actually a very common question. I would say two questions we get is, I don't want to know if I'm getting Alzheimer's because genetically they don't understand that we're going to tell you what to do about it, right? And the number two question is, what are you going to do with my data? So the challenge is the genetic testing business is not a good business because your DNA doesn't change. So I only need to test you once and we're done. It's not like blood work where you keep coming back and all these other lab companies. So the investors that put all this money into discovering the genome said, wait a second, (laughs) there's no product here, (laughs) right? So all the genetic testing companies became data mining and selling companies. They said, hey, I have all this personal information about somebody and I can ask them a little bit about their health history and what their conditions are. And I'm sure pharma companies would be interested in, yes, they are. Like in 2000, I think 19 or 20, 23 and me raised $300 million from GlaxoSmithKline. Yeah. Right. Why? (laughs) They didn't like the business plan. There was more going on there. So the data buyer is willing to pay five to $20,000 per data set, depending on what data is being collected versus the $300 you're paying for the test or sometimes four, five, 600, depending where you bought it. So who is the product actually designed for? The person that's paying a few hundred or the person that's paying five to 20,000. So all these tests became data collection tools. Mm-hmm. And this is why when you look at them, it's a list of genes and here's what each gene means, which is not the way the body works. It's giving you like an infotainment level and that's why they push so much more the ancestry than they do the health, because the ancestry will give you infotainment while still collecting all your DNA. Same test, right? Just give different output. What we said is that actually poses a huge opportunity for us because now all of a sudden there's nobody mining the data. The reason I handed over my DNA is because I wanted an expert to tell me what's wrong, find stuff that I don't know. So we said we can be those people because it doesn't exist. Everyone's mining data to sell. That became the generic business model because you can't sell more than one DNA test. We believe that if we do a good job of truly mining your data and telling you everything that's going to change your life and give you an extra 10, 15, 20, 30 years, whatever it may be, that you'll stick with us for coaching and supplements and other solutions and blue light filter glasses and blankets and things that you actually need that are part of the habits you need to adopt. So we went a completely different direction. It was a challenge because the industry doesn't think the way we think. Even the clinicians didn't think the way we think. But now that everyone's experienced it, they're saying this is what genetics was meant to be from the beginning. It was meant to be mine my data, tell me everything, and don't sell my data, learn the insights and teach other people right within the community, the people that are tested. Keep making the reports better. Every time when you log in and three, four, five months down the road, in fact, even you haven't seen that there's a new update available, by the way, beyond what you received. So we keep updating and give you more info and more as we learn. That should be the modality to build a community and stick together and support each other versus one transaction, sell your data, I'm done with you. Yeah, it's a great ending to this conversation because when I heard it, when I first met you and we were talking about that data piece was it's purpose over profit. And that's what I teach. That's how I started my business is when you're a purpose over profit company, 
the data, what you're doing with the genetics is the flip the script model, right? You flipped yeah. it totally because you're right. Glaxo buys the data so they can make more money off the patient by doing that thing. And this is the complete opposite. So I love that we ended with that space is that's probably why we both align so well, because we're both yeah. purpose over profit people. So sure. awesome. That, profit is automatic. You don't need to worry about that. Yeah, I say profit is the side effect of success, not the driver. Yeah, exactly. Awesome, man. Well, it was great having this conversation. Thank you so much for the offers. I'm excited to bring this to everyone, and we're going to be sending those links out as well. So thanks, Kashif. It's a pleasure. Thanks for listening to the Beyond the Pills podcast. You can find Josh on LinkedIn and Facebook at Josh Rimini and on TikTok at Beyond the Pills. And if you enjoyed today's episode, we'd be forever grateful if you left a review wherever you get your podcasts. If you know somebody who wants to go beyond the pills, send them this episode. If you've got any specific questions or ideas for future episodes, reach out to Josh and send him a message. Thanks again for being a part of the Beyond the Pills community. We'll see you next time.